every day. Millions of dollars are lost to a lack of IT oversight and inefficient infrastructure. At QEH2, we take your security seriously and can handle everything from a new business startup to a Fortune 500 looking to make a change. We are an IT company that puts your needs first. Call QEH2 today at 303-688-7531 or visit us online at www.qeh2.com. Mention the Ladies Chit Chat Club and receive a free security evaluation. 303-688-7531. QEH2. Business Intelligence. Hello, my friends. You are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Taverly, and I am your host. I'm here to share my entrepreneurial journey with you and will be bringing on some amazing women who've been helping me, mentoring me, and inspiring me on how grit and grace helps them crush it in business, relationships, fitness, family, friends, and all that good stuff. Now, let's get started. Welcome back to Grit and Grace, and I have been waiting a long while to bring this amazing lady on my show today. Dr. Karen Dunstan is with me. Hello, thanks for joining me. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm great. Um, And I want to tell our listeners a little bit about your story, because I think that starting back from the beginning to where you got uh, from where you are now from how far you've come, I think that that journey itself is worth sharing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little bit of information about your bio before we start. You lost 100 pounds and healed yourself from chronic disease by addressing root causes, right? Yeah. And, and I know that this personal journey that you've been on has not only impacted you and your health overall, but it has impacted the entire trajectory of your career because you have, you know, 20 years of experience as an OBGYN. So I, I'm sorry, I introduced you um, as Karen Dunstan, but it's Dr. Karen Dunstan, let's be clear here. Um, and I, I love the fact that you are creating this message and sharing it with so many women about taking our health into holistic spectrums. And so thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. And, and what is so crazy about my story is that I'm board certified and supposed to know more about women's health than anybody else in the country. And, and that's why it's particularly, I think, remarkable that I found the way to actually lose weight and heal myself. And so that's why I feel so impassioned about sharing my journey, because this is something that women suffer with daily. Right. And so many different areas. And I, and that's what I like about your, the way that you share your story is this is not just you taking training and having knowledge. This is you, you know, walking the walk. Um, You know, you have, you have been on a, a journey yourself that has taught you what you need to know that you didn't know on the medical field side. Right. That's so true. And the thing about it is that when I was board certified OBGYN, I'm still board certified OBGYN, by the way. But when I practiced traditionally, I thought I knew knew everything there was to know about women's health. So there was no reason to look elsewhere or question what I knew. Mm. But you could look at me and see that I didn't know about creating health. I mean, my, you could look at me and see I weighed over 240 pounds and I looked 
like I was 20 years older than I was and that I always had some ailment, whether it was headaches or depression or hair was falling out or something, you could see that. And basically what I knew was what I was taught in residency, which was pill for every ill. Mm. We heal with steel, but really there's no healing that was occurring. It's just controlling symptoms. And I was noticing that in my patients too, that we were medicalizing them, but nobody really got better. Maybe that's one symptom they were having went away, but it would just transition into some other problem. And I had started saying to my colleagues, do we really help anybody? And knew that I couldn't even help myself. And then when I discovered functional medicine and I started using it on myself and getting better, and losing weight, all my patients wanted to know who are middle-aged women with the same problem. <laughs> what right. are you doing? Because you look awesome. Right. Yeah. And what a contradiction that must have been for the field you're working in and, and how you were handling those issues compared to what you were learning. Yes, it was a whole, and, and what was interesting is when I learned about functional medicine and I read about it, I realized that it harkened back to everything I had learned in medical school, exactly back to the biochemistry of how the body works, how cells function, how the mitochondria function, how endoplasmic reticulum function, all these different parts of the cells and, and um, how the body makes energy, makes ATP makes neurotransmitters. But basically, I realized that when I went to residency, I was essentially told, oh, forget all about that. Just do what I tell you to do because I told you to do it because that's how we do it. Mm. And the drug companies would come in and bring lunches and all the birth control pills and their latest synthetic birth control pill. Here, take this, try this, right? And then we'd give it to our patients. And we essentially stopped thinking. You know, I realized that they took the, the brightest students, put them in medical school, taught them all about the body, which was a fascinating journey. And then when we got to residency, we were really told to, to not think, just follow the protocols. And so uh, that's what I had done. So it was kind of this, you know, those moments you get where you just kind of hit with a two by four on your forehead and you go, wow, and the light comes on. Right. And I realized, wow, I have been following what I was told to do, but really stop thinking about how does the body function? Is this the right thing to do? And then once you know better, you do better. Yeah. So and I you did. almost can't, and you almost can't go backwards once you realize you knew better when you started putting that, that knowledge that you knew about how the body functions. Once you started putting that together in your mind and, and you had those light bulb moments, you can't, you can't go back from that. I mean, you can't, you can't no return right? from a light right. bulb moment. Right. <laughs> once and, the light is on, yeah. it stays on. Yeah. Right. And so and when then you, you're left with like, what am I going to do with this? Right. Because there are some doctors who do discover fun functional medicine. They learn about it. They actually get trained in it, but they're so entrenched in the mainstream insurance model that they can't see how do I integrate this into my practice? Because it, it, 
uh, by its nature, it necessitates a different delivery system because it's an hour appointment. It's not a 10 minute appointment. Uh, and because insurance doesn't want to pay for it. And so it's, it requires a whole out of the box delivery system and there are pay, uh, physicians. And so can, can you imagine how tortured they are? Cause they know that they're not treating people the way they really should be treated, but they can't figure out how to do it in this system. So it's really interesting. And bringing in big pharmacy into that whole equation is, I mean, that that's a whole nother conversation altogether. And I don't, I don't relish um, those being in the position of having to make those decisions because I know that from personal experience, you and I've talked a little bit, that I know it was a really hard decision the day that my family doctor, after a multitude of surgeries and I developed a staph infection following a lumpectomy in my breast, uh, the the my family doctor said okay well now your lymph node is swollen you know we pr- should probably get a biopsy and I said no I just said no like I understand I knew enough about my body at the time that I said no I I want an, another alternative you have to have another alternative to heal my body and she did she sent she actually sent me to a, a traditional um, Chinese medicine clinic um, and I don't the the brochure she pulled out of the drawer was like old and ratty and I'm like I wonder how many times she knows that that's the right step to go to but maybe as patients we need to start asking those questions too yes absolutely you need to be your own advocate in this day and age, if you're, you're believing that the healthcare system is about creating health for you, you really need to think twice. It's, it's a business. It's a pharmacy business. It's a food business. It's a medical business. And it's kind of set up to control symptoms, yes, but it's not really set up to create health and heal. And in that system, you need to be your own advocate. You need to educate yourself. And it's challenging because you go on Dr. Google and there's so much misinformation out there and it's very hard to be discerning. So I think that's why I started the podcast because people need to hear physicians like myself and there are lots of us out there who have become aware of these complementary methods of healing that actually create true health and wellness and help people heal. So if you listen to podcasts, you can educate yourself. And then when you go to your doctor and they say, oh, you need this biopsy, you know, oh, well, what about you said acupuncture or traditional Chinese medicine or functional medicine, or, you know, there's a long list. So you patients gone are the days that you can just trust your doctor to have your best interest at heart and turn authority for your health over to your physician. Do not do that. You really need to take responsibility. So at what stage in your career, like how far were you in your career where these light bulb moments started happening? Well, it's interesting because I was raised by a woman who was very holistic. We used to call her Granola Jerry. Uh-huh. She, uh, <laughs> you know, she used to give us golden seal and echinacea when my sister and I would get sick and make us sweat it out. And she was friends with Gary Null, who's, I don't know how many times, New York Times bestseller list. I grew up in Manhattan mm. uh, and he owned the health food store down the street and we were always in his store and he, they were talking about supplements. So I was raised in this environment of holistic health and really drugs were not 
pharmaceuticals were not a part of it. And, but then I went off to medical school and I thought I knew better. And so I told my mother, I came back, I said, mother, we heal with steel. And she just smiled. Okay. (laughs) And so then I practiced and for years, I, I loved being an OBGYN. I mean, you're intimately involved in women's lives and in their health and in this special event where babies are born in their, their lives. Um, but I think after, you know, it was coming close to 10 years, maybe six, seven years, I started wondering like, who do we really help? Are we really helping people? Because I would see patients and this is the first time, mind you, in residency, we don't have good continuity of care. So we might see someone when we're on a certain rotation in the clinic, but then we don't get to follow follow through with them. So someone else might end up doing their surgery, but you don't really have through the lifespan. But as I had my own practice and I was seeing women continually for years and years, what I started to notice is that people came in with painful, irregular periods for whatever reason. And we would do the standard of care diagnostics. And the standard is typically birth control pill fixes everything because it overrides the hormones and controls it. So we would do that. Well, that doesn't work. Do another birth control pill. That doesn't work. Eventually you're going to end up doing a laparoscopy. You might end up taking out one ovary. Well, if that doesn't work, well, you might end up doing another laparoscopy and taking out another, or you might end up doing a hysterectomy. But what I noticed is with these people who would kind of go through these sequences even if they ended up with hysterectomy, they still never got well. It wasn't like, oh, if you have female problems and you end up having a hysterectomy in your ovaries and tubes out, well, you have no more female organs. Yeah, you don't have any more female symptoms, but the rest of your health is usually has an issue. Right. So it's not like resolving that problem created health for that women. Are you with me? 100% because you know that that's exactly what happened to me. Maybe you started a business in your basement or garage, but let's face it, that's lonely. And meeting clients in coffee shops gets old really fast. Enter Rise Collaborative Workspace. Rise was started by a woman just like you, who knows that you not only need a great space to meet clients, but also a great community for support and friendship. At Rise, they have offices or dedicated desk space to rent or drop-in memberships for those client meetings. Along with weekly learning and social events, Rise is the perfect workspace for women on the rise. Check out more about Rise at their fantastic website, riseworkspace.com, or stop by and check it out for yourself at the corner of Colorado Boulevard and 7th next to Trader Joe's. That's Rise Collaborative Workspace at riseworkspace.com. And tell them you heard about it from the Ladies Chit Chat Club. Yes. I've I've been down that road. (laughs) Right. And so I really started saying, well, you know, we're not creating health. And I didn't know how to put all the the pieces together, but I knew something wasn't right. Mm. Um, And, and then I knew my own health was suffering and I would go to my doctor and she'd run tests and they'd all come back quote unquote normal. And I say, well, there's obviously something wrong with me because I feel terrible. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. My hair is falling out. I have no sex drive. I, for a period, you know, couldn't sleep. And then I slept all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had chronic fatigue. I really didn't go anywhere because all I did was work and sleep. Um, And I was obese. Uh, And I, I would just say something's, we're missing something. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know I'm board certified. I know everything there is about about women's health that there is to know, supposedly. And my colleagues do, and I would talk to them, and they they say nothing's wrong with me. And I said we're missing something. So I knew there was something missing. I just didn't know what what it was, what the name was. And right. then I realized that it was wow, it's all that biochemistry and it's the root right. cause and yeah. And I think that we oftentimes miss looking at the whole package, right? The whole our body is a whole it's it's a it's a fully functioning organism that works cooperatively. So Anytime that I, I feel like we're going down a hole, at least I'll speak for myself, that it's just about one particular part of my body, we're missing the picture. I, I don't do that. You have to step back because it's a full system system issue in most of the cases. And you know, that's gonna be my next question for you is, you know, keeping in consideration that a lot of people might not know the difference between what holistic medicine or functional medicine is. Can you can you really give like the descriptor of how to differentiate between the, the two and, and regular traditional medicine? Right. Great question. So holistic just means whole. So holistic medicine means treating the whole person. Having said that, that term has been misused widely because it's kind of in vogue to say, oh, we ha- treat, have holistic medicine, we treat the whole person. But I find that when you really dig under the surface, even if they say that, a lot of times they're not, not addressing all of you. Like, for instance, a big part of healing is your energetic spiritual body or your psycho-spiritual self. So it, you're more than this physical self. Some people will say, Uh, natural women's health. Some people will say integrative health. So integrative just means integrating traditional medicine and alternate or what they also call complementary alternative Mm. medicine. So there are all these terms that are bandied about and there's a a lot of confusion in the terminology. Um, And honestly, I think that that's done a little bit intentionally so that people can't really differentiate something that might be superior to traditional medicine. Now, functional medicine looks at the function of the body's systems. So it looks at the function of the hormonal system, the function of the gastrointestinal system, the function of the neurotransmitter or what I call communication system. So it looks at the function of these systems. So it looks at it not only on an anatomic basis, but on a biochemical basis. And yes, as you said, everything is interrelated. And so what I was seeing when I practiced traditional medicine was the fact that there were biochemical imbalances in these women that were affecting their whole bodies. But the point that I was treating was just their female organs. And so it's true that doing the hysterectomy does not fix that imbalance that woman still is unhealthy and still has imbalances and so functional medicine looks at the whole body so that's why it's holistic and it looks at the hormonal system so we actually check women's hormone levels and see what they are which is interesting because in medicine we check levels of everything we check your blood pressure we check your potassium we check your cholesterol but there's no standard of care to check women's hormones 
So in functional medicine, we check hormone levels, we check cortisol, we do eight different parameters, checking the thyroid as opposed to three, which is standard. And when we look at these different systems, we don't look for, do you have a disease only? Right. So in mainstream medicine, when you, your thyroid's off, say you're tired, your hair is falling out, you have constipation. These are some classic signs of thyroid dysfunction and overweight. You go to the doctor, they run a thyroid profile. You get three different parameters. And what they're concerned with is what disease do you have and what drug do I need to give you? Ah, I see. When you go to a functional medicine practitioner with those symptoms, they're concerned with is your body functioning optimally? Is your thyroid functioning optimally? And when we say optimally, there's no reason that your thyroid shouldn't function just as well at 50 or 60 as it did at 20. Right. And so we don't necessarily aren't concerned with what disease, what we're concerned with is what is the function. So we check eight different parameters and look at that. So anybody listening, if you're trying to differentiate, um, and that's really the term that's evolved, is functional medicine. So there are things, people called naturopathic doctors with an N, naturopathic NDs. They're not able to be licensed in every state in our country. Um, as, and that's as opposed to MD, medical doctor. So basically, functional medicine is naturopathic medicine. And so medical doctors will, will go get trained in functional medicine. And then we have the best of both worlds because right. we can do the naturopathic functional or we can do give drugs if needed. Right. So that's really the difference. So I guess the question that I have for you is, Looking at it from a functional perspective and some of the common issues that women face in health, I know have a lot to do with hormones. I actually just recorded a podcast not too long ago um, with a, a nutritionist and personal trainer. And you know, we talked a lot about hormones because I have a group of friends that we train and lift pretty heavy. And some of us, as we're aging, are feeling our ability to maintain muscle mass has really been compromised. Mm-hmm. And so we've all decided to do like this, this, independent because our doctors don't order it, um, hormone tests. And I'm telling you, the results are shocking, like absolutely shocking. There's one girl that literally her, her tests came back that she makes no testosterone. She just, and she has all her parts. Unlike me, she, you know, she's her mid thirties. There's no reason why her body shouldn't be making some type of testosterone. Um, and she's, she's working with a functional doctor such as yourself who can handle this, but are these issues fixable? Yeah. So first you want to identify what the imbalances are. And then the next question in functional medicine always is why? And I say, we're like a bunch of toddlers because we're always why, why, but why, but why, but why? (laughs) Um, And so, so they are fixable. Sometimes depending on what's going on with a person and in the shorter term, you may need to go to bioidentical hormone replacement. So that means hormones exactly biologically the same as yours, not birth control pills, which are not the same. But in ultimately, our goal is to restore normal function to the body, to the systems, and to the body. Because our bodies have the natural ability to heal itself. It's, it's such an... A, undiscussed 
um, topic that we are we are meant to to take care of and heal ourselves. And so if something's out of alignment, we need to fix that part first, and then our body can naturally do what it's meant to do. That is that to me is the core of what I would say that I've learned. Um, and I I'm just so surprised that this is not a topic that a lot of people know, and especially for women. Although I will say that there is a lot of conversation right now that takes place around, around fasting. And I think that people see what fasting means. They understand that you don't eat for a certain period of time, but they don't understand that that piece of it goes to supporting our gut health. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about that because I think that taking care of what's going on inside our gut is so much more than just what people think it is just giving your body a break from food. Yeah. So I, I, yes, that's a great topic. I just wanted to touch on something you just said about that the body heals itself. Yeah. Yes, we have forgotten that, yeah. but we're, we are socialized to forget that. We are socialized to believe that health comes at the do from the doctor's office and that I need to be afraid of everything that could harm my health and that I need another authority to keep me healthy. And really, functional medicine is a whole different paradigm because it puts it back to the, the patient because yes. we can do testing, but a lot of the work that needs to be done is really and really helping people to understand that disease or dis-ease, lack of ease in the body, is not a sign that you need a Tylenol or you need um, a cholesterol medicine. What it's a sign is, is that your body's trying to give you a message that it's out of balance and it wants you to come into balance. So exactly what you were saying. And the gut is so key to health. And um, I think that a lot of people don't realize that. And we, we really have this mechanistic view of our bodies kind of with mm. Newtonian physics. It's a machine. So it's no different than your car. You put gas in it and you go. And we're so much more and it's so much more complicated than that because we have consciousness and we are spiritual beings. And so we can't treat ourselves like a machine because eventually that machine will break down because it knows that you're not, you're not loving it and paying attention to it if you're not giving good quality food and nurturance to it. Uh, the gastrointestinal tract, I, I like to help people understand that it's really one of the most intimate relationships that you'll ever have comes through your gastrointestinal tract because the rest of your body, you experience your environment by seeing it, hearing it, touching it but it doesn't enter you under normal circumstances. Right. But food you take and you put it inside of you. Mm -hmm. That's the most intimate relationship we have. Although I was realizing, I was thinking about this yesterday, that oxygen that we breathe, actually we're breathing other people's air and from the trees, but also other people. And so that's probably an equally intimate uh, relationship. And that hadn't occurred to me, but I really think the gut, because we, when they say you are what you eat, we say that like a platitude, but if you really think about it, we take that food, we break it down into its building blocks. And that does become our physical structure right. and our function. And we have trillions of bacteria in our gut that keep us healthy. And we now know that 
that those bacteria actually house up to half of our genetic material. Wow. You know, for years, scientists have wondered how does an earthworm have more genetic material, more DNA than we do, humans. And now we know it's because we, we've uploaded it to the cloud in our gut, mm. right? And so we have to keep these bacteria healthy. Don't you just feel smarter when you're listening to this? I know I do. The free stuff on this site is really, really good. But you'll also love the stuff that comes with your premium membership. Just $4.99 a month because we want it to be accessible to everyone. And let's face it, we spend way more than that on a coffee. And it hardly helps you have a fabulous life like we do. Join today at ladieschitchatclub.com. That's ladieschitchatclub.com. We're going to make your life better. So we really appreciate the help. Oh, and there are no commercial breaks. Let's get back to what we we're doing now. Um, and the fasting is particularly interesting uh, because it's it sends certain signals. So you might be eating the same amount of calories in a day, but if you reduce the amount of time during which you eat them and you actually go into this fasting state, you are giving your gastrointestinal tract rest, you're giving it detox. So you're turning on, there's something called epigenetic epi meaning on top of and genetics meaning your genes so we now know that your health is not so much determined by the genes that you get from your parents it probably is 10 20 percent mm. but more so it's your lifestyle so what you eat or don't eat when you eat or don't eat well, how much you sleep or don't sleep what you drink or don't drink your exercise all of these things that these act as switches to turn the genes on or turn the genes off. Mm. And that's called epigenetics. And we now know that epigenetics is equally as important as genetics. Mm. So yeah, you get the genes from your parents, but are they turned on or are they turned off? And the intermittent fasting is showing and proving to be very, have great utility in terms of turning on some of those good genes and turning off some of those bad ones. Right. I yeah. understand what you're saying. And I, I cannot tell you how much I love this part of our conversation because <laughs> I try to explain to people how different I feel when I spend my week, which I try to go 15 to 16 hours a day fasting. So I eat early at night. I eat later in the morning. I go a, a significant amount of time with lots of water. And I feel better than ever. And it's hard to explain the peaceful feeling that my body has. I, I, I don't even know how else to explain it. I mean, you've explained the scientific factor of what's happening there. But for me, it's created this whole calming effect head to toe to, and I, I, you know, I've done a couple of 24 hour fasts uh, recently and I feel amazing. I feel better than I ever have. And it's, it's hard to explain to people that don't really get it. This is why I love this conversation. I love the message that you're bringing forward because these are, these are life-changing, small, natural things that we all have within our ability to do for ourselves. Yes. And so one thing I want to add is that we, we humans really like to know the answer and we want it to be the answer for everybody because that would make it so simple. But unfortunately, we are extremely complex. And so it's very individualized. And I, and I say this because there are some people that this probably doesn't work for. Right. And everybody has 
unique needs. And so this is why I think it's very important to educate yourself and also work with somebody who knows about these issues. Because I was having this particular thought that there's so much out in the media right now about the intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people who are not already at some level of health or wellness, so your average American, it may not be helpful right. for. I totally they, understand what you're saying. Yes. Right. And so actually those people, usually their hormones are so out of balance and what you eat affects your hormones directly. A lot of people aren't aware with that, aware of that. So I usually, when people aren't in a balanced place, then it's three squares a day and two yeah. snacks, right? Yeah. Because you got to get a balance. But once you get to that, a certain degree of health and wellness, I think a trial of that intermittent fasting is, is great. And the studies definitely show that caloric restriction overall prolongs life and increases yeah. health. It definitely shows it. That, and that is the anti-American culture. Um, and and I, I, I wish it wasn't the case. And I think it's, it's probably shifting and getting better. Um, but I, I, I love that so much. And there's one big part of this that you've mentioned a couple of times that I want to talk about, and that is our spiritual health. Yes. It's, well, I, it's so important. And it's interesting because even the functional medicine camps, mm, to, to the degree that I think it needs to be addressed, I don't think it's necessarily addressed. There, one of the main things that I try to help people understand is that you are way more than this bones and skin bag right here, this lump sitting on a chair. Mm -hmm. your, your energetic body, and, and we now have um, enough studies in, a, in enough disciplines to know that it's true. So we do emit a frequency and that frequency goes for many feet outside of us and it can be measured and it can be coherent or not incoherent, right? Mm -hmm. And that health is associated with a state of coherent energy. So if you think of coherent, think of a nice even wave that goes right. up and down. Right. Um, and so you have this energetic body. I call it spiritual body. Some people might be offended by that. I apologize if you are, but that's what I choose to call it. But it is an energy body. And that energy body really forms the framework for your physical body. And no disease or dis-ease in the physical body could exist without an energetic corollary. Right. And those corollaries have to do with the things that we can't measure, which are our emotions, our thoughts, and our mm. beliefs. And ultimately our consciousness, because that's who we are. And so helping people to understand that these energetic parts, mental, emotional, spiritual, and the beliefs do determine their health and looking at where their beliefs might be contributing to disease is key in healing. And, and oftentimes is the difference between someone healing or not. Um, but I really find that it's an essential piece to anybody's program. Oh, Dr. Karen, I love you so much. This is so good. Um, I'm going to tell you an interesting story that happened to me a few weeks ago. I had a 
a colleague of mine tell me that, oh, you, you better not do this or that or, or touch anybody before you travel because you're going to get sick and, you know, it's, it's flu season and you're going to get sick and you're going to get sick. And I turned around and looked at her straight in the face and I said, you know, I don't get sick. And she's like, oh, you better knock on wood. You've just jinxed yourself. And I'm like, no, actually, it's the opposite. Like, I believe in, in my, my spiritual and, and physical health, and I take care of my spiritual and my physical health. And I know that our beliefs in what we tell ourselves or other people about us is what comes true. And, and I'm not saying I avoid all germs that way. I'm not like some voodoo where I'm like, I don't get sick and I keep them at bay. I'm, I'm just saying that I believe how my body takes care of itself. And I, I live that lifestyle and, and her absolute shock at my attitude about that was really a surprise to me. And, and I hear it, I actually hear it around me all the time that what we believe about ourselves and our body actually is, 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 is what happens. And I know that that's a real, that is definitely for a lot of people, this might be some woo woo stuff and I'm totally fine with that. Um, you can choose to believe what you want, uh, but look at your health, look at your happiness, look at your, your peace and your quality of life and, and know that how you believe and how you take care of your energy and your spiritual self is a huge piece of that. Well, actually, the science shows exactly what you just said, and it's mm -hmm. something called the placebo effect. Mm -hmm. And if you studies have shown repeatedly, it, it's reproducible and repeatable, that if, if a person believes that a sugar pill is going to do something for them, it most likely will. Yeah. And so it's true, but I, I totally identify with what you're saying too, because back when I pra practiced traditional medicine, my, when I look back at how I used to, what my verbiage was around my health and my beliefs, oh yeah, I get a sinus infection every time of year this year in the spring. Yeah. Oh, I always get, right? So that was my thought pattern. And of course, that's what my life looked like. Yeah. But now I can't, I haven't been sick in years, Yeah. you know, in terms of any type of infectious illness. Um, and, uh, and people say that to me, oh, you better watch out. And I, I, I don't get sick. I don't need to worry. Why do I need to worry? Because I don't get yeah. sick. So yeah. it's not woo-woo. It's proven by science yeah. that your beliefs do determine a lot to do with your health. And so things are changing. This is, this is I, I want to say that this is more mainstream now than it used to be. Like if, if we would be talking, having this conversation, what, 15, 20 years ago, there would be a different amount of resistance from the, the masses, you know, out there. But now I think people are listening. And I really like that you're spending so much time on this topic. And, you know, my question for you is for women that have any type of chronic disease right now, or they're, you know, they are overweight, or they don't feel like they have control of their health, and they can't manage their energy, and they know that something's off, how do they get started in, in, in working on these challenges? Great question. So that's me several years ago. And I, I think that you, number one, you make a commitment to yourself and you keep looking for answers. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that knowledge is power. And so you get knowledge and we all have a truth meter. And so I think that you start to honor that and you stop giving away your power to authority 
just because they have credentials after their name or they're your insurance company or whatever. And you start to trust yourself and you start getting information and you start learning and making decisions that are going to honor you. And then if you find that you've made a bad move, you can always choose again. You know, there are no wrong moves. There's just learning and right. success. Uh, I think that, you know, I'm, I have one podcast, but there are now hundreds, if not thousands of podcasts about holistic health out there. So I think that's a great way to get free information. Um, you do need to pay attention to the credentials of the people uh, delivering the information, though. I did see where um, Amazon took two books off of its for sale list this week because they were kind of by lay people making outrageous claims. Wow. Medical claims. Um, and there are a lot of people out there selling a lot of things and, and there are a lot of people giving misinformation. So you have to learn discernment. Right but really empower yourself. Healing is possible. Now, I always tell my patients, once you have an anatomic problem, because the physical disturbance starts in the energetic realm, right? Right. It starts when you can't, you couldn't measure anything. You can't see anything. You can't feel anything, but it starts kind of as a little disruption in the energetic realm. And then it will progress until you do have biochemical abnormalities. And eventually, if it continues, you will get anatomic ab abnormalities. Once you have anatomic abnormalities, it is a little more challenging to reverse and correct them. But there are a lot of anatomic problems that are even being reversed now, for instance, with um, atherosclerosis. <laughs> I can't even talk, atherosclerosis, right? So when your joint cartilage has gone away, right. they're now rebuilding it with stem cells. Right. So that anatomic problem is starting to be reversed. So even thinking back to where you're talking about that energetic problem starting, I mean, that right there, let's talk about stress. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about any type of stress that we carry around in our body and don't release or manage or handle. I mean, how, what is the percentage of Americans that you think wake up without stress every day? Very right, small, there, right? There is a lot of stress. And, but what's interesting is where is stress in, in the universe? I, can anybody listening go out and bring me back a bucket of stress? Yeah. Right. Exactly. So what is stress? It's our thoughts it's what we're thinking yeah. and then what we're feeling in response to what we're thinking that's going on. Right. So stress is really all self-generated. This is true. And most of us don't realize that. And then once, if we do even realize it, we really don't want to believe it or take the responsibility for it. I know I don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would much rather put the blame on, no, it's, you know, the government or no, mm -hmm. it's this. But it's how I'm choosing to think about or how I've been conditioned to think about what's happening to me. Uh, so really looking at where in our lives we are feeling stress and examining our thoughts is, is what we need to start to do. But when these disturbances are energetic, they are in our thoughts, our feelings, and our beliefs. And we've got 
negativity going on there. So when you look at the emotional scale with the top being love, joy, appreciation, gratitude, and, you know, then you start coming down and at some point you get to, well, we're just at satisfaction and then you keep going down and then we're at anger, frustration, guilt, um, shame, envy, right? Those negative emotions. When we're in those, that's a, a lower vibration in this energy body that's creating resistance that can cause ill health and this can so cause good. disruptions. This is so good. So looking at, well, how often am I in the higher emotion vibrations and how often am I in the lower? And what thoughts could I be thinking that are causing me to be in the lower ones? And how could I reframe them to move my vibration up? Because we are vibrational beings. We all have a frequency that we admit. And when we walk into a room, right, and you two people are in there and, you, and they've been fighting, you don't even have to know anything. You feel it, right? right? Because we all emit a vibration and they were in a low vibration, because right. of their interaction well our vibration speaks for us and our vibration is the foundation for our physical health so looking at where can you re reframe the stressful thoughts and and the feelings how can you soothe yourself right and change is hard i mean this is not i mean this is not easy stuff there is no there is no very quick fix you know, that you're talking about. This is a process. This is going through and really looking at where you're at and what's going on in your life and evaluating the whole picture, which is why, you know, that holistic approach is, is so important. Yeah. And, oh, this is, I mean, you're, you're essentially, you are the computer and you're trying to change your operating system when mm. you're trying to change the thoughts you think habitually, the beliefs you have, the way you feel, you know, it's been said that, the average person has, I think it's five emotions that they cycle between. And we, we, because we have habitual thoughts, because when we're born and before we're seven years old, we're really like an empty container. And the people who care for us dump the programming into us. Mm, and right. then it's almost like it becomes sealed and we function from that programming. So getting out of that program you know, I, I like to say it's like, it's like trying to kiss your elbow because right. you're, you're having to change it. And it, I've been in this process for several years now. And it's amazing how the brain wants to go into the train tracks that were laid decades ago. And I will physically, <laughs> I'll talk to myself and say, now, no, that was installed. Those are lies that you were told when you were a kid. Right. And they're not true. Right. You know? So, but it, it can, it can be done. I've seen people do it. Uh, and I've, I'm certainly not the same person that I was many decades ago. You and me both. That is for sure. Well, I think you're absolutely amazing. And I so appreciate you taking the time to share this information. And first of all, what, tell our listeners about your podcast, where can they go find it and, and listen to more information that I know you share all the time on these topics. Sure. It's called Her Brilliant Health Radio and it's on iTunes. It's also on YouTube if you want to watch the video and you can find it on my website, KarenDunstonMD.com. Awesome. And I will include your website um, in the show notes and any details for people that want to reach or find out, find out how to work with you because 
individuals can contact you and work with you remotely. Is that correct? Yes, I work with people one-on-one remotely. I also have group programs that I do with women. And so there's lots of opportunity for support. And you have a book, which we didn't even get to talk about because time just went by so fast. Your book is called Cracking the Bikini Code, Six Secrets to Permanent Weight Loss. That was published in when, 2012, I believe? Yes, right. So that I took the program that I did in my office that I had uh, developed to help women lose weight and put it into a book form. And then I have a program that I do remotely with women where they can uh, lose 20 to 30 pounds in six weeks. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I, again, I want to tell you thanks for what you're doing, because I know that you're helping so many people out there just from sharing your information alone, um, not to, not even including all of the other stuff that you do. So from one woman to another, I thank you. You're doing good work. And thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity and for bringing powerful, interesting women to your audience so that they can live fuller lives. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. And I have one last question for you, which I ask all of my guests, you know, um, what is your percentage of grit and grace? Grit, a 100 and and grace, 100. I don't know what I would do either, either without, right? Right. right. So 50, 50, cause we, re- we like to think that you only have a hundred percent, but I mean, oh, okay. I like it. we're going to say that you have a hundred percent grit and a hundred percent grace. That's what we're going to go with. Cause that's good. I'm a, I'm a cup overflowing kind of gal, but yes. Yeah, so I'd say 50, 50 it's, you know, I put in put in the effort, but uh, also am divinely led to where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And my friends, if you are listening to us on iTunes, please make sure you leave us a rating or a comment. Or if you're on the ladieschitchatclub.com, you can reach me by clicking that nice little colored highlighted version of my name. Or there's a place you can leave comments as well. And anywhere you're listening, feel free to leave us a rating or a comment. Yeah, Otis wanted to be fierce. Yes, Otis.